We began a few weeks ago talking on this subject of making my life count. So we're going to continue that today. Would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Acts, the second chapter, or whatever you have the Word of God on. Maybe it's your iPad or your iPhone or whatever you've got to download on. Go to the book of Acts, the second chapter. As you're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I know that you've already experienced a time of worship, a time of praise to the Lord, a time of prayer, I'm sure. And now we're getting ready to go in the Word of God together. And I believe today that God has a word for you, whether you are here or whether you're watching me today, that God's going to speak to you. So let's get ready to hear what God's going to say. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking on, out of the book of Acts, the second chapter there, where uh, the apostles on the day of Pentecost, there's this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then there is a movement into the kingdom of God. There's this great growth that happens in the church. All kind of things begin to happen. And as we've been looking at that, we've been kind of looking at the journey that this church went on. And we've been talking about, the first week we talked about how that in our lives, to, to really make my life count, that I've got to be pursuing God, that I've got to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we talked about how that, that mercy comes into our life and then how the grace of God shows up uh, to help us to fulfill what God's called us to do. The second week, we talked about uh, moving. First week was pursuing. The second week was moving into everything that God wanted us to. That, it, that it's not enough just for us to receive Jesus Christ as Savior, but that we've also got to receive Him as Lord. That, that there are some, when, when, you, when you come into a relationship as Savior, that's great, but when you come into the place where Jesus Christ becomes Lord of your life, uh, he, he begins to tell you some things to do. He begins to tell you some things not to do. He begins to tell you how to live and, and how to conduct yourself and what's right and what's wrong. And, and, and so we talked about how that you move into that relationship. And then last week, we talked on the aspect of serving. How that there in Scripture that we find that there was a spirit of servanthood that was a hold of that New Testament church and that you and I are called to be servants, that we're called to serve in the local house, that we're called to serve uh, in our neighborhoods and in our city and in our area, but that Jesus Christ has called us to be servants. Now today we're going to be looking at Acts the second chapter beginning in verse number 44 and reading a couple of verses uh, with you there. So would you look at that? It says, and all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he or she had a need. And, and so as, as we look at this today, here's what I'm going to be talking about today. Today I'm going to talk about connecting that you and I are made for connection. Uh, it, it's interesting how, how that God makes us to connect. In, in fact, in Scripture, I think I referred to it recently, uh, in the book of Genesis, you'll find out that, that the, the first several chapters there, God's talking about it, and, and it seems like every, every time he says something, he says, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. But then he looks at Adam, who is by himself, and he said, it's not good right? He said, it's not good for man to dwell alone. And so God created Eve, and because of that, there was connection. God has made us for connection. Part of being a Christian uh, is the connection that we have with other believers. Uh, a, a Christian by themselves is never what God intended. God never meant for you to be over by yourself or just you and your family together serving Jesus. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, what about countries that are under persecution? What about? I understand that, but you're not there. 
So that's, that's an excuse in America for us to, to kind of talk about that. So let's, let's talk about what relates to us uh, today. When you read the New Testament, you find that over 50 times in the New Testament that it refers to one another. It talks about that you are to encourage one another. It says that you are to pray for one another. It even says that you are to exhort. That means kind of get in their business. To exhort one another. And, and so as you, as you read the Scripture, what you find is, is that God has brought us to this place of connection. That He wants us to be connected to one another. As Christians, it's needful for you. Yes, it's great to come to the house of God. It's wonderful to hear and to participate in worship. It's wonderful to, to take notes while the pastor's teaching and, and all those things are great. But here's the deal. If that's all you're doing, you are not fulfilling the true mandate of what Jesus Christ called us to do. He called us to connect to one another. The Word of God lets us know that you and I are living in a new kingdom. The Bible tells us this, that Jesus' first sermon was this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's what he's saying. He's, that word repent is just simply change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, why do I have to change my mind? Well, in this kingdom, the kingdom of this earth, if I want to get ahead, what do I do? I walk on everybody. I, I, I'm the meanest guy. I'm, I'm whatever. But in God's kingdom, if I want to get ahead, he says, if you want to be first, do what? Be last. He said, if you want to be the leader, he said, become the servant of all. Now, that's a little upside down in our mentality, but that's how the kingdom of God operates. Here's, here's what I found out about humanity, uh, and, and I don't want to mess your view of humanity up, but let me just tell you this. Uh, humanity, uh, they can be a pain. I'll wait. Don't, don't act holy. You know good and well people... Can, can get on your last nerve, right? And, and, and so a lot of times what happens to us is, is, is that because of that, we have a tendency to become self-sufficient. We get wrapped up in ourselves, uh, and, and it's all about us. And, and yet, what God's called us to do is God's called us to relate. God's called us to connect with other believers, other brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and to form relationships in this new kingdom that we're living in. Uh, the, the word kingdom just simply means God's way of doing things, all right? And so in God's way of doing things, it's not man's way. Man's way is, you know, be wrapped up in yourself, be selfish. God's way is, listen, go out of yourself. Go out of your way to get involved in other people's lives. And so connecting in the kingdom of God is all about attitude. What is your attitude? Is your attitude, I need to be served, it's all about me? Or is your attitude, I want to be a blessing to somebody else? Now, now I want to tell you, there, there are moments in your walk with God that, that you need to be served. There are moments that you need to be blessed, and there are moments that you need to receive uh, from others. But those should be the exception and not the rule. Amen? Amen? I, I mean, the, the church at times is a hospital, but it's also at times a sending unit. And you can't stay in the hospital ward your entire Christian walk. 
You, you got to get healed up. You got to get whole. You've got to allow God to restore you so you can in turn be a blessing and touch other people's lives and see the kingdom of God move forward. And so as you read this passage, you find some things that are here, and I want to point out three of them to us today. There, there are three aspects that as I looked at this text that I saw that, that I think are, are needful for us to understand. The, the first part of verse 44 says, and, and all the believers were together. Now here's number one is, they enjoyed one another's company. Right? Come on, they, they like to hang out together. People say, well, I... I go to church, but I don't talk to anybody. I don't want to hang out with anybody. I don't want to be part of it. Really? I mean, let me help you. Staring at the back of somebody, somebody's head is not fellowship. All right? You, you've, boy, I can tell I'm really messing up the world today. See, we, we've got to come to that place where we understand that God's called us to be together. To be unified. To be together with one another. In other words, togetherness means I respect you. Togetherness means that I'm positive. I get so tired of Christians who are negative. I, get, I, I don't want to hang out with people who don't have anything good to say. I don't want to go to a church where they're just beating the stew out of me every week. Amen? You don't have to tell me I did bad. I know it all by myself. All right? Give me something to encourage me to be everything that God's called me to be. Be positive. Speak words of affirmation. Speak words that build me up. That's, that's why we need, we need people who are genuine in our lives, people who, who that, that we can hang out with, people that we can enjoy one another's company together. That's what they did in this New Testament setting. They were hanging out. They enjoyed going to church together. They enjoyed fellowship together. The, the Word of God says that, that they went from house to house, and then they went to the temple, but they enjoyed it. They went together. So you and I need to come to that place where we understand we need to enjoy one another's company the, the second aspect there said that they were they were all together and they had everything in common now what I see about that is is that there was great unity in the body now let me let me say this to you unity and uniformity are not the same uniformity means everybody thinks the same Everybody acts the same, everybody dresses the same, everybody votes the same. If you're a Republican, you go to a church where only Republicans go. If you're a Democrat, you go to only where Democrats go. Wow, it gets quiet in this spirit-filled church sometimes, don't it? All right? Somebody asked me the other day, they looked at our staff and they said, how in the world do you have such an interesting staff? I said, well, they are pretty interesting. And, and I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, you, you come from such varied backgrounds. I, and, and I got to think about that. We got Assembly of God guys on staff. We got a Church of Christ guy on staff. We got Methodist background. We got Pentecostal background. I mean, I, you just go through it. And, and we all are coming from somewhere. And some of y'all are nervous now that I told you where they all came from. <laughs> We even threw in a Baptist or two to help us. <laughs> and, 
And, and I, I looked at that and I said, you know what, I like it. I said, if we all were from the same background, we all thought the same, we all approached the scripture the same, we all looked, I said, it wouldn't be any fun. I, I said, now, we have intense moments. I call it intense fellowship. But you know what? It's okay because we walk together. We're in unity. And, and that's, that's what you find about this New Testament church is they had great unity. They, they, they walked together, not because everybody agreed about everything of Scripture. I mean, the Apostle Paul, the Bible says, withstood Peter to his face. I mean, he, he got him, but he said, you're wrong. This is not right. But that's okay. Wow. Here's what you have to understand. Here's what we're united about. We have unity in purpose. Our purpose is to let other people know that Jesus Christ died for them. We have unity in our action. That is, is that we want to go out and let the world know that you can live as a Christian, that you can live as a believer, and that you don't have to be weird, and you don't have to be strange, that you can really enjoy life as a Christian. And then lastly there in this whole unity is that we want to be united in attitude. That our attitude for one another is, is that we care for one another. We're concerned about one another. We're lifting up each other. Now let me help you, and, and please hear what I'm going to say. You won't fit with everybody you go to church with. I don't care if you go to church with 50 people or 5,000 people. You are not going to fit with everybody. You can love everybody, but you're not going to hang out with everybody. Does that help some of you? Some of you can now relax. Because <laughs> you were getting all tense and saying, man, Pastor's saying, I, I don't want to lie. I mean, watch this. I'm 54 years old. I know I don't look it, but <laughs> I'm 54 years old. Th these, 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 uh, I'm going to be careful here. These 20-somethings. I don't understand them. They're a different breed. They think differently than I do. They wear things that I go, really? They peer, no, nah, I ain't going there. They, they just do stuff that, that's different from me. But you know what? That's okay. Now, I can mentor them, but I'm, we probably are not going to have great fellowship intense because we come, in one sense, from two different worlds. But that's okay. Why? Because there are people who, whatever church I'm a part of, there are people who are like me. Now, let me, let me can I get in your business? Come on, I need a little, one or two more to say yes. Can I get you? Okay, thank you. I was going to, it just makes me feel better when you say yes. Why is it that when we move into a new neighborhood, we can meet the neighbors. When we go to a new job, we can meet the co-workers. But when we go to a church, we wait for somebody to come and take us by the hand and lead us to a group. See, look, I, I love small group stuff. I, kn I know that you can institutionalize it and make it work, and we have some, and I thank God for them. But you know what I have found through the years that are the best relationships are not the ones that have necessarily, quote-unquote, we're put into something. 
It's those that we chose to go out of our way to meet somebody, to get to know somebody, to find somebody who had similar interests, similar background, whatever it is, and to come together with them. And all of a sudden, things begin to happen in those moments that don't happen anywhere else. People say, well, Pastor, I just don't feel like I fit. Well, let me help you with that. The reason you feel like you don't fit is two things. Number one is you're not serving. And number two, are you ready? Number two, you're waiting for somebody to lead you to your next best friend. And what I found is, is that it's better if you say, I want to serve. Boy, it gets quiet. And secondly, begin to get out of yourself and say, I am going to find some people who I can relate to, who I can hang out with, who I can do life with. And you know what happens? When you find those people, all of a sudden, you are not looking for the next best thing to come along. You are saying, wait a minute, this is my house, these are my people, and God has called me to this place because I know that he's placed me here. Now, let me, let me say this, and I'll, I'll move off this because it's getting way too convicting. You know, when we're in small churches, churches of 50, 60 people, we do this naturally. Because I'm going to tell you, you go to one of those churches, everybody knows your business. I mean, they, they, they know everything. And now with Facebook, they sure know everything. Right? All right? But then church starts growing, 100, 150, 200 people starts getting larger. Then, then we all kind of get real afraid. I want to encourage you, whatever church you're a part of, there's somebody, there's some families that you can build a relationship with and that can help you to fulfill what God's called you to do. Watch this. Scripture says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. When you come together with other believers, what happens to your life, and I believe this is not just spiritually, I believe it can happen for you financially, I believe it can happen for you in many ways. When you do that, what you find is, is that you find all of a sudden your life moving into synergy. And, and that one put a thousand, two can put ten thousand, you, you move into a new level that you never will do by yourself. I want to tell you, if you're in business, you understand that. If, if you have a business, you know you may be a great salesman, but if you bring more people around, nobody may can sell as good as you can. But if you get enough people together with you, you can make a difference in your company and in your life and the lifestyle of those with you. So that's what God's called us to do. The third one, i got to hurry. Verse 45 says, They sold their possessions and goods and gave anyone as he had need. Now, everybody relax. We're not taking an offering. Okay, uh, but, but here's, here's the third aspect that I see there. They had open-hearted generosity. They, they were generous. They, they were looking to sow. They were looking to bless. They were saying, who can I be a blessing to? Now, now listen to me. I believe that there are seasons in your life that you should be receiving. But I believe those ought to be short. Amen. I, I don't believe you ought to always be in need. 
I, I don't believe that you are. Listen, if, if you are on government assistance today, if you're on welfare today, thank God for the government assistance, but that should not be what you are looking for for the rest of your life. You should be saying, this is for a season of my life because I'm going somewhere better. Right? That, why? Because watch this. God works through people, and what I found is this, is that, and I want, don't miss this, God did not promise prosperity to the receiver. He promised it to the giver. I don't want to always be receiving. Why? Because if I want to move into true prosperity, I have to get out of that place where it's always give, 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 and I've got to get into that place where I can now release into somebody else's life, and then God can prosper me, and beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers, is what St. John said. Now, we, we've got to get there. We, we've got to begin to look at life differently. We, when you come into the house of God, you need to be looking for a way of being a blessing. You need to be looking for somebody you can do good to. You say, well, pastor, I don't have a lot of money. It doesn't have to be money. It can be money, but it doesn't have to be. It can be in other ways. Here's what the Bible says. Whatsoever a man or a person soweth, that shall he also reap. So if I sow generosity in any manner that is what I'm going to reap back if I give finances that you know what the Bible says about giving to the poor the Word of God says that when you give to the poor you lend to God so that I don't know about you I've, I've loaned to a lot of people but God's a whole lot better investment all right so so as I give as I release people sit around saying well I, I don't have enough I, 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 come on. You live in America. You live in a land that people will give everything to get here. That you have the opportunity to do anything with your life you want to. And we want to be stingy. We want to be people who don't live out of generosity. I want to tell you, if anybody ought to be generous, it hadn't ought to be Bill Gates and his crowd. It ought to be the church. It ought to be people who have been blessed of God, who live out generosity day in and day out. And so I challenge you, if you're in a place of receiving, praise God, receive, but don't stay there. But if you are able to be a person who is a giver, no, God has said, if you give, I'll give back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, when you get, when you get together with people, here's, here, here's some, I'll, I'll be quick with this, but there are some things that, that can take place when, when you're together with people that doesn't happen anywhere else. You, you can have prayer times with other people that, that are personal and intimate when you're in a smaller setting. 
know, when you come into a, a house with hundreds of people, uh, you can get prayed for, but, but it's, it's usually quick. It's, but when you're in that, I was in uh, Chattanooga this past week, and we were at a conference, and, and I've been hanging out with Baptists all week, and, and at Central Baptist Church, and they'd put most spirit-filled churches to shame. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, if any of you have ever heard of, uh, heard of Abba's house in Chattanooga, I mean, it, there were healings taking place. There were things taking place. Uh, I, I mean, when, when that preacher got done preaching, I thought he was an old-school Pentecostal preacher the time he got done preaching that night and and, and it, it was unbelievable and but I what we went to eat one day and which all good pastors do and and I'm sitting there I wasn't paying attention we were at a, at a steakhouse and, and we were talking this campus guys were there and we were talking and all of a sudden I looked over and there were there was three or four firemen that were in a booth over there and I wasn't paying attention to them but then I looked back and I saw them and they had their Bibles out and they were they were talking and then when they got done I saw, I saw them close their Bibles, and here are these guys, they're in their fireman uniform, big old guys, and they start praying for one another in the middle of a steakhouse. And I thought, I doubt if anybody told them, go have a small group at the steakhouse. But they just knew that they had some needs in their life, and they weren't going to get them met any other place, and so they came together to pray for one another. You know what? In, in a small group setting, there's encouragement that, that comes to your life. Um, I don't know about you, but there are moments that I need encouragement. There, there are moments that I just need somebody to tell me, you, you can do it. Yeah. You, you're going to be all right. It's, you're you're going to come through this. You're, you're, you're going to succeed. You're, you're going to make it. I, maybe you don't need that, but I need that sometimes. And that's, that's what happens when you get involved with people and bring them into your life and, and fellowship. You know what? Fellowship is an action. It's, it's I'm doing something. I'm going out of my way to get involved. And, and also in, in smaller settings, spiritual gifts come out. All right? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about just the dramatic ones like word of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy. I'm talking about things such as the gift of teaching comes out and, and the gift of mercy is demonstrated in ministry. These things come out when you come together and you get to exercise spiritual gifts in a smaller setting. You're not going to be able to exercise those gifts with hundreds of people, but you can do it with a few people. And that's what God's called us to do. Listen, let me tell you something. Christianity is fun. Now, I know some people make it a drudgery. I know some places it's like, bless God, bless God, bless God. That, yeah, I want to bless God. But I want to do it with joy. I want you to understand that, yes, life is tough. You're going to go through some tragedy. You're going to go through some heartache. There are going to be moments of experiencing things that nobody wants to experience but the bible says weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning jesus said in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world now when i come together with other believers then in those moments of connection I begin to see the hand of God working in my life. So I challenge us, don't live Christianity just coming into a church service, sitting down, 
maybe worshiping while the, the musicians are playing and the singers are singing. You listen, maybe even you take good notes. All that's great when the pastor teaches. But I want to encourage you. I want to help you today. Understand that if you really want to have the fullness of this experience called Christianity, you need to be involved with some other people. You need to get connected. If you really want to make your life count, you've got to get connected with some other believers. You've got to find some people. You've got to get out of your box. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to move around and begin to reach out. And as you reach out, you'll be surprised at how quickly others respond to your willingness to reach out to them. See, I, I, I'll close with this. If, if we want to make it count, I challenge you to get involved. Maybe you need to get involved in a small group. You know what? Ministry groups are a great place to get involved. You get to meet people. You start serving. It's a great place. There are other small groups. The the interesting thing about small groups in our church, some of the most successful small groups that our church has, the church didn't start. I met, a, I met a business guy this week, and he said, I was in a certain restaurant, he named the restaurant, and he, and he, said, he said, after your Wednesday night service, he said, he said, women started coming into the back room there. And he said, I asked the waitress and said, who are all those women coming in? He said, uh, the waitress said, oh, that's, that's a group from Love and Truth Church. They said, we love it when they come to our restaurant. Now, that's unusual for, for restaurants to say that about Christians. They said, we love it, and, and they went on to say, and they said, you better be careful. They lay hands on you, too. <laughs> See, I thought about that. That's not something. We're not, we don't do that. That's, that's, that's a group of, of women who just uh, kind of organically started. There are, other gr- there are Bible studies that go on that, that the church didn't originate, but people in the church begin to do. In, in the churches, in, in all of our churches, those things happen. And you know what? Those are the healthiest those are the most fun. Those are the ones where people are encouraged and strengthened the greatest. Here's what I challenge you as I close. I challenge you, get outside of yourself. Get outside of your little box. Let God bring some other people into your life. We had a situation recently in this house and lady told me as she left the service, she said, Pastor, she went through a, a, a brain surgery and was a pretty intense deal. And she told me as she left, she said, if it had not been for the people that I had connection with in this church, I don't think we would have made it. Now, I want to tell you, that's what I want to hear, Amen. is that people are saying, you know what? because of my friendships, because of my connections, because of the people that I'm doing life with, I'm able to make it. I'm able to do what God's called me to do. So I challenge you, reach outside of yourself.